Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Yes, good morning everyone. Thanks for your company on Past the Post, Sunday, May 22. If you're residing in southeast Queensland, you're waking up to grey skies again and, and a showery weather, which of course forced the postponement of yesterday's Doombin Cup meeting at Doombin. We're going to talk about that shortly. Of course, Past the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Go to their website, archerparkracing.com.au. All the information there on all the horses that are available for sale. They they just missed out on Wednesday, the Sacred Elixir with Pocketful. It'll go to the Phoenix now on Oak State's a promising two-year-old. Nathan Exelby's in the studio with me. How are you, mate? Really well, thanks, David. Good morning to you and listeners. Let's get straight into it. And our first <coughs> guest, we won't hold him because it's been uh, well, a busy 24 hours as Ross Smith, who, of course, uh, runs a very good ship at Dooman as the, the race course manager, the track manager. Ross, good morning. How are you? David, Nathan, how are you? Well, thanks. We spoke... Well, you spoke with Stephen yesterday morning, around 24 hours ago. Uh, since then, how much rain has Dooman received? Yeah, tipped out 25 and a half mil uh, about an hour and a hour ago. Mm. And still, uh, the skies are ordinary. I'll put this to you, and and you're the man best best position to answer the question. We wouldn't be able to race today, and am I right in saying it, it would be? unlikely to race tomorrow. The point I'm coming to is that that window or that pathway to get towards Wednesday, it's starting to tighten up a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting very narrow. Depends how much more rain we get tomorrow through to Tuesday, more more of the point. So track needs time to dry and drain. But at the moment, it just keeps topping up all the time. Is, would rain on the day on Wednesday be the, the killer, Ross? Oh, Nathan, I I wouldn't like too much rain on the day. We need we need sunshine and wind, and mm. at the moment we haven't seen much of the sunshine for the last eleven days. And this is the, the the tricky part. I think the the forecast today is for six to fifteen mil Monday two to four, Tuesday two to eight. It's just that, as you said, it just keeps topping up. But if you've if you've got even that light rain, but if there's no no wind or no sun. It, uh, it it makes it, it makes it all the harder. So um, it is a difficult situation. Just to take us through yesterday, because look, uh, uh, there was conversation should the meeting have been called off first go early in the morning. But when you inspected the track with the stewards panel, the track was safe for racing yesterday morning around that six to six thirty mark. Yeah, David, we walked at five o'clock yesterday morning. We walked the whole circuit. Uh, Thirteen fifty, we pulled out of play then because it was just too wet to come out of the chute onto the onto the uh, racing surface the racing surface was fine we sent a horse around with andrew spinks yesterday morning and the horse he rode andrew said it doesn't handle the wet at all and it got around no dramas at all and at that stage we had to continue because you know the track was safe enough to race ross you've been a team for a long time can you recall a, a similar few months like this in terms of wet weather in your time there? No, not, not continually. I um, added up the other day and I just added up before. We're up to 1,376 mil for the year so far. And it's just How many did you have in the last year in total? Uh, I think there was about 970. Right. The point you make about the shoot is an interesting one. If I recall correctly, 
that meeting we had ready to go at Doom, but I think in March, early March, and it was transferred to Toowoomba, uh, there, there was some conversation about the, the shoot that day. What's the reason that 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 area is wetter than the, the other part of the track? Oh, David, their drainage don't go all the way out to that side, right outside there, and it's a tricky situation because it, it's got a bit of a downhill run out of the chute onto the racing surface, and that's where the barriers, the tractors always drive around the outside. I went through, well, the staff went through and put 150 tonne of sand and aerated after our last meeting on the 23rd, and we actually did in front of the chute as well just to try and help, you know, put a bit of a body in the, into it. And the track, track was fine. I couldn't have got any, you know, got any better ready for yesterday's racing except for the rain. You know, it was just being hindrance for us. You, you can't do anything about the forecast and, and the way that plays out, but is it, can you outline for the listeners anything you do at the track between now and Wednesday to, to try and get us to this meeting, to get it to happen? Oh, Nathan, Pray. it's going to be very hard. <laughs> I, I, I'd be very hard to even get a mower on it at the moment, try and get some more grass off it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it'll be... There's water laying on the track at the moment because it just more or less hasn't stopped all night. Just the showers just keep rolling through. You get a you know about five or ten minutes space, and then there's another one comes through. Well, it's an old expression, but it's a true one. It's it's, it's simply in the lap of the gods. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just it's just now it's annoying weather. It's not you know bucketfuls of rain, but just as you said, keeps topping up. Look, appreciate yeah. the work you do there, and appreciate you joining us this morning, Ross. Thanks for that, mate. Sorry. Thanks, Dave. There, there is Ross Smith who uh, handles the business of Doom. Despite, I was going to bring it up, then I decided not to. It's also disappointing from Ross's point of view. I mean, he and his team, mm-hmm. these are big days <clears> and, and they're, they're proud of what they do. And we had Doom and transferred last week to Eagle Farm and it was a sensible decision. And then we've had this situation. So they're their two biggest meetings of the year. Yeah, that's right. And that, that's what you work towards as a race course manager, having your, your course pristine condition for those big meetings. So now what he's confronted with the is next Wednesday, um, then a Monday meeting and a Wednesday, so three in the space of seven days, which presumably will all be on uh, on very rain-affected ground. Yeah, and I think it's a legitimate conversation. Uh, it was the sensible decision, well, A, yesterday, to, to call them off. There was no other alternative. And to go to Wednesday, but making the point with him, that window is closing now because mm. uh, that track couldn't be raced on today. Uh, it would be long odds of racing tomorrow. And if this, you know, five to eight mils just keeps rolling in Monday and Tuesday, it's going to make it difficult for Wednesday. So is there then a plan C? Uh, would, would some of the races be transferred from Wednesday to Kingsford? I think you could Saturday? take one, maximum two. Um, obviously, you want to get a Doombin Cup run. The Roses is a key lead up mm. to the Oaks. As it stands now, it's now 10 days out. Mm. Um if it were the next Saturday, that that's a week out, which is similar to, an, well, the same as an Adrian Knox in Sydney into the Oaks and the Wakeful into the VRC Oaks is only five days. So I guess that could be done, um, but, but it's obviously not ideal. The other point I wanted to raise with you, and it's regarding Zaki, who was going to be a long odds on favour, we had three scratchings. They'll be reinstated when they run mm-hmm. or not, probably, probably not. But the fact that the meeting has been transferred to Wednesday... It's now only 10 days between the Doombin Cup and the Q22, is it right? No, it's still, it'll be two and a half weeks. 
When's the Q22? Stradbroke Day. Okay. All right. So, well, my argument has now gone out the window. <laughs> However, I will I will re-prosecute it in this way. Um, the fact that it's an extra three days that they're, they're here, and you know, I wonder whether a second. So it comes. gets a little bit closer and more tempting to to stay on. You yeah. think that's reasonable? I think so. And when you've got what is it, seven hundred thousand dollars to win that race, it it will be tempting for connections. Um, you know, they'll. Clearly, the the preference has been for some time to spell after the Doombin Cup. That's mm. that's been they've been pretty consistent on that. The stable, but you know, last year there was discussions after the Doombin Cup, and obviously you know, the, the temptation of the money was, was was too good. But he has won sort of six million odds since then, so the, the, it's a different set of circumstances this year. And you might look at a horse like this and say, rather than what's there in two weeks, what's going to be best chance to get this horse to a Cox Plate, which is the race that they most likely want to win. The other point I, we, we raised with Ross, and I thought it was worth worth bringing up because it was a topic of conversation yesterday. Shouldn't they have called it off at, at mm. 6 in the morning? As he points out, the track was safe for racing when the call has to be made at, at that time. Uh, now, you know, weather can be a strange thing. Imagine if all of a sudden it was still cloudy, but there was no rain. So, That's right. It's very easy in hindsight. It's unfortunate jockeys get on planes and, and, and then have to get turned around, but that's that's part of the profession. You, you just can't do it on what might happen. Um, it was it was probable, you know, almost a certainty to happen. But as Ross said, it was safe at that particular time of the morning, and then the the shower set in and, and was done. So um, you, you have to give these meetings every chance to go ahead. I was racking my aging brain this morning mm. trying to think of similar circumstances. One uh, old hearted morning, but was telling me that, um, uh, and I vaguely remember it, but Mr Hush's Stradbroke was mm. called off on the Saturday, transferred to the Monday, again too wet, mm. and it was transferred to the Thursday. So they had they finally got it run. I think that was 68 or 69. Getting close as 10,000 was put back because of a jockey strike on the Saturday, okay. and they ran it on the Wednesday. And what was called abstraction that Lee Friedman trained, won a Dooman Cup, and it was cancelled, 1989. They couldn't run it on the Saturday, Really said it was either the Monday or the Wednesday, probably the Wednesday. They had to readjust the distance. I, I don't think they could use the 2200 shoot. Mm. It was 2160, and it was still a very heavy track. So there are a few um, episodes in the last 50 years or so where where carnival meetings ha- have been transferred. So it's, it's certainly not unique what happened yesterday. But the bottom line is, and it's no rocket science to tell you, that the weather has to improve considerably for racing to proceed on Wednesday. Certainly appreciated having a good meeting in Adelaide yesterday, David, to go home and, and watch and enjoy that terrific um, stakes racing from, from Morfordville yesterday, given that we didn't have much to do up here, and, and it was a great meeting to watch. What a wonderful segue that was. Let's now swing into the <laughs> Morfordville meeting yesterday. Oh, gee, you're clever on your feet. Now, let's go to the Goodwood. The, the features spread in Adelaide each year. Uh, as always, it's a big field. Generally, it's a wide betting race. Extreme Warrior was the favourite, $4.40. The leader now is Lombardo cruising for home. It's Lombardo turning in front from Bo Rossa. Just in behind them as they sweep into the stretch, the astrologist. Then Bella Nipatina, Savatu-XL, free of deck, gets to the outside. General Bo starting to wind up from back, and so too Behemoth. The leader, Lombardo, Bella Nipatina, Behemoth winding up, the astrologist. Then further back to not an option. Lombardo kept going in the Goodwood from Hal Vorson and Frankie Pino. Lombardo! 
He's unbeatable here at Morfordville. Five out of five and he takes the group one. Hal Vorse and Frankie Pino from last might have pinched third in front of the astrologist Bella Nipotina. Then not an option from Behemoth. Sava to excel. Regards Marie. Further back, Azar, Bo Rossa, The Inferno, then Extreme Warrior, Instant Celebrity, Manhattan Times never really got into the hunt with Outlaws Revenge, Ironclad, and free of debt, one of the last. And this was the uh, the ultimate prize for the, the Price-Kent training partnership. They absolutely scunned them during the Adelaide Autumn Carnival. But first, and we'll talk with Michael Kent Jr. shortly, but first up, I thought we'd have a chat with the winning jockey. This race would have meant a hell of a lot to him, Zach Spain, and he's on the line now. Zach, good morning. How you going? Well, I'm well, but I'm sure you're extra well. To win the Goodwood, for you to win the yeah. Goodwood must have been a wonderful thrill. Yeah, it was. It's a massive thrill, um, you know, especially to win a Group 1 back uh, pretty much where it all started. It, uh, it, it makes it even more special. Zach, tell us about Lombardi. You, you rode him when he won at uh, Morfordville three starts back. Yep. And then, then you rode him again at, at sale. Is he just a different horse when he gets to Morfordville? Or can you explain that? Yeah, I, you know what, the track at sale, I just don't think suited. It was, um, it was pretty cut up and choppy, and I just don't think he liked it. Um, and he never really travelled. They went at a really fast pace, and he just was off the bridle most of the way. And I actually didn't think he ran too bad, considering um, he just didn't handle the track. It was just plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you've seen when he got back onto a good track at Caulfield in that... Um, Though the sprint race, he only he only just got beat. So um, I think the key to him is just you know good tracks and and yeah, he just seems to thrive uh, going over to Adelaide. It must be the the float trip over there or something. He gets a bit of a, a kick in his step. Yeah, as Brett pointed out in the call, five from five. I think two have been on the parks track, but the other three on on the big circuit and the big dance yesterday. But when when you're doing the form on this race, you look at barrier 19, you say, oh, you, you groan because you see all of these speed runners. Were you surprised at the jump away that you got over pretty comfortably? I was. Um, I said to Mick afterwards, he, I don't think he's he's jumped that quick before. Um, I think because, you know, the we took a while to load and the horses to the inside were, they were in the barriers for a fair while and I, I went in pretty much last. Um, so I wasn't in there very long and um he was a bit fired up behind the barriers which he he can do um and yeah once we were in there he was just on his toes pretty much the whole way and and as soon as as soon as i opened he was you know he jumped the length in front of everything and once he'd done that it was pretty much uh you know just ride him let him flow and and just keep him happy which i did and um yeah i was very surprised by how how easy i got across Mick Price said yesterday that he didn't regard this horse as a Group 1 horse. I'll go back to this horse's maiden, <clears throat> maiden win on debut at Bendigo, where you rode him. He won by a space. Yep. He must have given you a pretty good feel that day. Yeah, he did. Um, he's always been a nice, a nice big, strong horse. Um, you know, typical I'm Invincible, they're just, they're just runners. Um, and that's pretty much what he is. But, you know, he's just kept, kept going through his grades and picking up and getting confidence. And um, he's just a winner, pretty much. He... Uh, yeah, he just thrives off it, and and uh, as I said in the post race, he just he just loves Adelaide. Um, I don't know what it is about it, but um, yeah, he just thrives. Tell us, uh, tell us your story because uh, you've got to share in the glory. We'll talk to Michael Kent shortly, and we've talked about Lombardo. Take us back to how, where your career started and 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 the path it took. Yep, so it all all started in Adelaide um, back when I was I moved from Darwin when I was fifteen and. 
um, moved to Adelaide with the Kennewells, um, and I, I'd done a TAFE course uh, to learn how to ride, pretty much. Um, I knew sort of the, the basic little things. Back in Darwin, Gary used to take horses over there for the carnival, and I used to just ride his horses down the beach and whatnot, and in the round yard, just muck around, and Gary pretty much taught me the basics. But, yeah, it all started at TAFE back in Adelaide. Um, I think that was in 2012, uh, and pretty much just learned how to ride at the TAFE course. Um, they had X-ray horses there that would take over to the track during the afternoon and and uh, just take around the sand, just slow pretty much, and and yeah, that's how it all started. Zach, racing has a lot of twists and turns, and I look at Extreme Warrior, and and you won those two races on him last spring um, in in sensational style, both of them, and he was the fancied runner there yesterday, but you, you found yourself on the stable, mate. It's funny how things pan out sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, um, as they say, racing's a full circle, and um, you know, I'm I'm one to you know never burn bridges because you can you never know what can happen. So, um, you know, where where I I sit with um, the Price and Kent team, you know, I'm not one of their um, you know, their their biggest riders. I I'm down the pecking order a little bit, but you know, I know where I stand with that stable and the opportunities that I get. I'm very grateful for. So, um, you know, you just need to try and keep everyone happy, which sometimes you can't do. Um, but yeah, my job's just to, you know, um, just, yeah, pretty much never burn bridges and, and just try and keep as many people happy as you can. And, and, you know, I think working hard's a massive thing as well. And, um, when you work hard, the, the rewards come. Well, it was a ride with purpose. You, uh, you took matters into your own hands and, uh, you've won Adelaide's biggest sprint. So it's a great result for you yesterday, Zach. Congratulations. Hope there's many more feature wins. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Zach Spain joining us this morning here on Past the Post. Let's continue the Lombardo story from the trainer's point of view. And Michael Kent Jr., I think he was only with us last week. He's back with us again, but entitled to. Michael, as you join us, the stable cleaned up again yesterday. You've had a great Adelaide carnival. Yeah, morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Tell us about Lombardo. Was that a surprise for you that he won yesterday? Uh, not really. We were there. Um, it's sort of been a long-range plan for us. He what a reason loves Adelaide is he's five from five there, which is remarkable. He must love the the big track and um, I don't know the water over there. I'm not sure, but uh, you know he had sort of four runs close together at the start of the prep, which is important because he's a big conveyance. He probably weighs 580 kilograms fit. Um, but yesterday was nice having him fresh, also sort of a month between runs and a trial in between. So his gallop when Zach rode him last Saturday was awesome he zipped up really quickly but came home bucking and squealing which is not normally him and we just had that sort of feeling that he was really fit but going there really fresh and ready to go and um that's how things worked out and yeah what a lovely ride by zach just outline for us this this south australian carnival as david touched on it's just been week after week of, of success stories are these horses that you specifically pinpointed towards south australia or it's just evolved that way um, obviously, Jungle Magnate was a long-term plan for the Derby. Um, Elation was a horse that is probably the most exciting horse in the stable, um, but he was one who just got to the races a little bit late through a couple of little setbacks. Uh, so we picked off a couple of races there with him just due to timing. Um, but, you know, we love going to Adelaide and, and um, our horses always go to Chris Beach's stable there and, and stay over and, and they do a great job for us. And um yeah, so I would say that you know we did target um, a few a few there, but 
Um, the Amazonian was one that was quite impressive too. She was she was fantastic, um, real promising young staying filly on the rise. And um, yeah, I would have thought that was a target race too. So just, yeah, a, a, com- a combination of both, I suppose. Your other winner yesterday was the two-year-old one, the David Culls, Maximilius. Uh, good tough win because uh, I think many would have thought See You in Heaven was going to peg you back, but he wouldn't shirk the task. Yeah, which is good to see. He's um, been a real head-scratcher for us. He's got so much talent. Um, he's a very valuable young horse um, with his pedigree and his physique. He's a three-quartered Ole Kirk, so from the family of Black Caviar and All Too Hard. Um and he's always been a gallop. Like we, we've got nothing at home that can gallop with him. He's a brilliant galloper. He wins trials by five lengths and runs good time. And he's been at the races twice prior for real head scratching runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a real colt, we suppose. Just when we push the button in the races, he doesn't want to go. Uh, so we took the blinkers off yesterday and chucked a tongue tie on. Um, we saw him opening his mouth, and we just wanted to sort of rule out any chance that he might be ducking his tongue back in the races. And the plan was just to let him uh, flow along out in front, uh, be happy, he got a nice big stride. And you saw he's still a bit awkward and gangly. He wanted to lay out. Um, but it was good to see him um, get headed, then challenge and, and fight back. Um, so we're delighted. He's got a long way to go to get a job anywhere at start, of course. But he's on the right way. And, you know, he, he had he was threatened yesterday with the gelding scissors, so I think he must have uh, <laughs> must have heard Mick Price talking about it. You, you said how impressive the Amazonian was, and she obviously really loves staying. She's only had three runs this time around. She's not nominated for the Queensland Oaks. Would there be any chance of tossing in a, a late nom for that race, given that some of the others have got their preparations up in the air with missing a run yesterday? Yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's one we never considered, surely. Um, without talking to, to Mick and the owners. Um, it, it is difficult, you know, so she's on a truck back home to Melbourne now. Um, she arrives home this afternoon and um, we'll have a few days to get over that. And then, yeah, to get up to Queensland's not easy. We prefer going by road because you book a plane and um, they can be on the tarmac waiting and then they get mm. bumped off for freight and, and it's very frustrating. So if you go by road, it's a long way and we normally um, stop over three days in between. So it'd be a big ask for her and she's not a, not a robust type. She's a big, um, leggy, rangy filly. I think she was keep improving. So we may just look after her. But um, it was impressive. She was, if you saw her first two trials, she was beaten 20 lengths in both and, and over sort of 1,000 metres. And we were, again, scratching our heads. What's going on here? She's come back in poorly. Um, but we just stuck to our guns and, and we're blessed at Cranbourne. We have uh, trials at a seven furlongs every Monday. And so we gave her a third one and she went better again. And um, her, her first up run was good, but her second up run over 2,000, she sat three deep last start and just kept coming. Really big effort. And, and yesterday um, was, a, was a big win because she pulled the two furlongs when she got into that spot and then passed the post. Mark I said he couldn't pull her up. So um, I think she's very exciting for, for next year. And um, they're hard to find nice young stayers. So she's going to be a lot of fun for the owners. Just before you go, Lombardo, he's rising six, but he's only had the, the 16 starts for the eight wins. Uh, was he a slow developer or have you had issues with him? Um, he's, yeah, he's um, he's a big horse. I think big horses always take longer to sort of furnish. Um, he was one that was actually better for Hong Kong early days and had a tiny little issue um, in the back of his uh, knee, the Ocean High Suspensory, which is very... It's, it's absolutely non-existent now. He's um, a beautiful sound horse, so we just been able to look after him and 
Um, I think the breed as well, the Arm Invincible breed, do get better with age. You look after them. Um, but he, he's a real winner. He's got a great winning strike rate, 16 starts, eight wins. And, um, you know, uh, I think there's there's more left in him. He's um, he's quirky horse. He can still, you know, for an older horse, he can still get his stride wrong and be a bit awkward on the turn. So I think that's why those big tracks suit him and especially drawing out wide yesterday whilst it looked ugly on paper. I think the wide draw was an advantage. He had to come across and... Um, and Zach rated him very well, and he was he was just way too strong. So I'm delighted for the owners and, and the breeder as well, Kathy Haynes, Bernawang, you know, in, in her colours. It's, um, it's a real big thrill. Michael, Tarzino's proving a good stallion for the stable. He had the derby winner last week, and he had a promising winner at Flemington yesterday. Only start number two, but winning over 2,000 metres, natural mystic. Yeah, he's, um, he's very promising. Love the stallion. Uh, I think we've got eight or nine at home, and... I reckon six or at least Saturday class. It's a really good strike rate. They're great to train, sound, clean-winded. We have no issues with them. Um, you know, durable horses, and, and they can do it as spring three-year-olds as well. They're not just dour types. So um, he, this horse, uh, Natural Mystic, it's a big effort. You know, I, mm. we were hesitant to tip him. We knew he was going well, but it's very hard for a horse to go to Flemington second start over 2,000 metres. But... As you can see, we're really enjoying training our stayers from Cranbourne. It's it's been a real big kick for us, um, being able to get them fit properly um, and not waste runs. So um, he he was given a good ride by Craig, but was very strong and 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 looked a bit like his father up the Flemington Straight. There, <laughs> um, he's got a similar style about him, so he can follow a similar uh, a similar race in two weeks' time. And then the final of the Mahogany series is a is a 2500 meter race with 200k at Flemington so um nice program for him going forward Michael thanks for joining us this morning as we said at the outset uh, for yourself and Mick it's been a great carnival not only a great carnival in isolation but some of those horses particularly Elation and Jungle Magnate and Lombardo you look forward to, to to the spring as well thanks for being with us thanks for having me guys appreciate it Michael Ken Jr joining us this morning yes uh, good carnival seven Feature races, two Group 1s, the Derby, the Goodwood, three Group 3s and two listed. Yeah, um, Extreme Warrior obviously disappointed well, there. We yesterday. forgot to ask him. Yeah. Well, Nathan, I thought that was on your list. <laughs> yes. He's been retired. Yeah. He's been retired, Extreme Warrior. He uh, he uh, never never fired a shot. Um, and Victorian uh, trifecta, Lombardo betting Hal Vorsum, the astrologist third. Do you have the first four for a hole or just a half there, David? No, there were some some big results yesterday. Sydney too threw up some long prize winners, but that was the uh, that was the Goodwood Lombardo winning. Let's listen to a few other feature races, and there were plenty of them. We'll go to the Robert A. Lee Stakes Race Seven. Dallas Sam was back in in Group Three company. The regular Group One competitor was the two dollars sixty favourite. Struck by, starts to pick up the fractions. He leads by two lengths, 500 metres out. Coming through now, Juniper to take second. My mate Sonny. Counter Monte Cristo wider out, Dallasan. Cherry Tortoni's hugging the rail. He's going to. Sp- Speed through on the inside when they swing for home and Bell Placer followed. Struck by's giving them something to catch. He's now full bore. He's two lengths clear. Cherry Tortoni's coasting. Bell Placer. Cherry Tortoni launches his run. Takes over. Bell Placer pumping through the inside. Vorster. Bell Placer and Cherry Tortoni. Cherry and Bell Placer. Bell Placer. Bell Placer from Cherry Tortoni. Exolita flew, took third, Royal Mile, and then struck by. Dallasan didn't come on. Followed by Retrato. One more Jack. 
My Mate Sonny, Juna Powell, Countermotti Christo, Danish Fortune and Farouk. Well, Bussera is a well above average man. That was her sixth win yesterday for Tony and Calvin McAvoy. Bar and Vorster riding. She had the wide gate taken back towards the tail, but there was plenty of room to the inside. Interestingly, uh, in the earlier middle part of the day, they were searching for the middle of the track, but fair to say the results later in the day were up near the inside. Yeah, and it presented a lot of horses the opportunity to make ground on the inside without spending a dime. And uh, There's only second prep in Australia, was a listed winner in New Zealand. Uh, Cherry Tortoni, there was a fair bit of commentary yesterday regarding the ride. He, he was desperate to come around the, the leader and get wider on the track and as opposed to just sticking to the inside where the winner eventually came and he sat there for a long time, Michael. They, it, to me, it looked like Jerry Tortoni was just going to win for certain, but he didn't fight as much maybe as the jock thought he would when he let him down. No. Let's go to the last of the day, the Group 3 Proud Miss and... Another award was the favourite of $3.30. Serides has the lead. She's doing the heavy lifting. 600 metres to run. Leads by three quarters. Miss Albania second. Gimme par third. Bless her. Gets a lovely run in fourth position. Two further back. Another award. Then Diamonds wider out. Followed by Luna Cat. Lady Pavlachenko heads the remainder with energy within as they swing for home. Serides says, catch me if you can. Opens up now. Two lengths on Gimme par. Miss Albania looks done. Then Bless her another award. They've got to get to Serides. She's opened up five lengths on second. Give me par. Bless her. Then another award. And battling on I am Bene through for a place. But it's all Serides from start to finish. Serides by three. I am Bene. Give me par. Another award. Then poised to rain from near last. Bless her. Followed by Miss Albania. Pim's party. A ray of sunshine. Energy within. Lady Pavlachenko. Smoke and Val. With diamonds well back, Luna Cat and spinning. Well, she really pinched the Group 2 Tobin bronze when uh, Craig Williams slowed them right down and spreaded them home. She half-pinched yesterday's proud miss because, again, they left her alone. I think 35-5, the first 600. She sprinted home in just a tick over, tick over 34, and they were never going to catch her. But one thing, Nathan, she's a good filly, this one. Yeah, beat the older mares fair and square, I thought. And you point out the times that she was able to get away with murder there last time, wasn't she? But that's her third group win for the season. She's a nice, valuable filly, and um, you would think that's not it for her. Exactly right. Let's go to the uh, SA Phillies Classic. We'll have a listen to the one that Michael Kent Jr. was talking about, one of the, the trio wins for the stable, the Amazonian. Do sir, race to the lead, coming up to the bend, 400 metres out, and started to move clear, and to the centre part of the track, Lady Chance come through, the Amazonian wider out, the Amazonian takes over now from Do sir, Lady Chant, and then came as they sprint for home, Great Mystery, and Denali on the rail, but it's the Amazonian with 150 to run, clear from Lady Chant, battling on Great Mystery and Denali, but the Amazonian is going to bolt up for Zara, and takes the SA Phillies Classic by three and a half to Lady Chant. Uh, great mystery got third. The map flew. Donnelly close up with Do Sir and then Mamunia, Pearl Rain, Morissette, Prefer Us, Harbell. Then a long gap away to the others. Elskling from Parisian Vale, Tavistil knocked up with Bundle of Fun and Mighty Adele is a long distant last. You threw out the, uh, the, the question too, Michael Kidd Jr. about the Amazon in regards to the Queensland Oaks. I suppose what would work in your favour if you were presenting a case? She's only 
relatively light into a preparation. It's only a third run this time in. Yeah, that's right. And he didn't rule it out altogether, but it seems as though logistics may may prevent them from, from doing that. But one thing she thinks she can do is stay, can't she, David? She's got to these longer trips and um, really relished it and put them away yesterday. Yeah. Um, heard David Gately make an interesting point on Sky yesterday, talking about you know, Sir was obviously disappointing there. Now she's come through that the RC Oaks and whether that form just hasn't stacked up and the, that uh, the other ones have caught up now. I was with Biscayne Bay yesterday based on the, in the Roses, mm. based on the, the RC Oaks form. So we've got to look at that again on, on Wednesday. But it's, it certainly hasn't stood out, has it? I wonder if we'll change all of our thoughts for Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on scratchings, I suppose. Let's, uh, let's continue the... Uh, Price Kent Romp and Maximilius, which we discussed, won the David Coles, going to the lead and never headed. Maximilius has steadied the ship 600 metres to run three quarters to H2O see you in heaven, parked on the leader's back followed by Prairie Flower Celtic Vaders losing ground Grey River, as time goes by it's hard ridden to improve, coming wide Wally West, Miss Dunsford, they swing in, Maximilius left the rail there's room for see you in heaven to dart through, H2O wider out then Prairie Flower, as time goes by it's Maximilius in front see you in heaven's got a lift, still got to find a half a length then H2O Maximilius kept going see you in heaven's driving through see you in heaven going to Maximilius Maximilius and see you in heaven they've hit it locked together very little in it Maximilius or see you in heaven H2O third as time goes by Prairie Flower next in with Wally West and then came Miss Dunsford from Celtic Vader Grey River abrupt and star tied so Maximilius, the uh, relation to Black Caviar, holding off See You in Heaven, who looked as though she might win, but Maximilius uh, packed uh, too much power with H2O running third. So Richard and Chantel Jolly having to be content with second and third of the feature two-year-old. Has been Scandivia. Scandiva is out of Scandinavia, who's the dam of Black Caviar's mum. So it just keeps throwing good horses and uh, as they say if this horse can win a good race he'll be worth an absolute poultice and on the undercard an honourable mention to extremely lucky looks an extremely good three-year-old won the second race Jamie Carr riding for Will Clarkin uh, had uh, the two runs in uh, unlucky first up and then good the other day but thrashed them yesterday and won by a big margin well that was the last day of Adelaide's Autumn Carnival with the, the Goodwood won by Lombarda congratulations to the club, the SAJC and Bob Holton, and also Racing SA. Some great racing there over the last month. Let's take a break here on Past the Post. We'll come back and we'll listen to a race at Rose Hill yesterday from a Queensland carnival point of view. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Nice of Michael Maxworthy to drop in just for that uh, cameo uh, endorsement. How much he gets paid for that? I'm here all the time. He just drops in for one thing and scoots out the door. Morning, Michael. How are you? Well, we listened back to the Morfordville card yesterday. Let's go to Rose Hill and similar situation to Brisbane. They've had a lot of rain and it was a heavy nine there yesterday on their 10 race card. I want to go to the fifth race of the day. A horse called Aravine uh, was a $4.60 chance, won impressively. Here's the replay.
As the field really bunches, turning for home and Sea Treasures, Charity Spirit and Aravine is chiming in on the outside. Two lengths away to Akira running on. Clear then from Ting Tong at the 250 Sea Treasures. Aravine stride for stride. Two lengths away to Akira as Aravine put paid to Sea Treasures and Aravine dashes two. Three lengths clear from Ting Tong. Akira now fighting out the miners but Aravine is edging clear and the Victorians way too good. Ting Tong second and Sea Treasures is kicked on for third, Akira peaked on the run fourth, then Rosie Impact from Charity Spirit, Mum's the Boss picking up again in the straight, having found early bother, then Queen Maker from Vandalay Style, Awesome Wonder, Saucy Horsey, Anna Kerwick and out, and Classic Diva. Aravim was very impressive there, ridden by Sam Clipperton, who of course had a great day on Doomman 10,000 at Eagle Farm last Saturday, but I want to talk about this this uh, this filly Aravim and Caroline Jennings the trainer is our next guest on Past the Post. Caroline, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Now, you pulled the right rain yesterday. <laughs> you were in the the roses up here in Brisbane, got washed out, and uh, so that was a, a good move in the first place, and then this filly's come through with flying colours. It was a good win yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic. She's really um, she's really becoming a racehorse. Um, so, yeah, very, very pleased that she she exceeded our expectations, to be honest. She's by Fastnet Rock. Have you always thought that she's going to be better over these longer trips? Yeah, she's always indicated that, you know, and, and definitely this prep as we sort of gradually step her up, she's she's showing that she's relishing the distance, you know, and the increases in distance. She'd won at Sandown at her recent, most recent start at 1800, so you've gone to Rose Hill yesterday at the, the uh, 2,000 metres, so it's all shaping well for for the Oaks in, in a fortnight's time. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a, a lot can happen in between now and then. Um, look, she's pulled up well from the run, uh, and we'll watch her closely over the next couple of days and, and manage her, her travel closely as well. And, yeah, hopefully she can keep on, I suppose, staying positive and, and ticking all the boxes for us. Would, she wouldn't come home to, to Melbourne before. You'll just keep it going north now? Yeah, no, 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 we'll keep... I, I wouldn't be adding any sort of unnecessary travel for her, really. Um, I mean, she's she's travelled really well, but I'm I'm always cautious with, with horses and, and travelling um, because, obviously, it can it can undo them a bit. Caroline, tell us a bit about your training background. Uh, sure. Um, so uh, I've, as you know, I'm the head trainer for Kennedy Racing um, and I've been in that... Excuse me. In that position for about... Oh, nearly three years now. Um, beforehand, I suppose I've always worked with horses. I've always trained horses. Um, I studied horses in college. I spent a lot of time overseas in America studying and training with um, Monty Roberts. Um, I'm a, one of his qualified instructors. And I did a lot of touring with Monty, and that opened up a lot of doors for me and allowed me to work with a lot of a lot of different professionals um around the world um and sort of allowed me to get my hands on a lot of a lot of tricky and a lot of straightforward <laughs> thoroughbreds um I came to Australia about ten years ago now um after you know tra- traveling with Monty running my own stables at home in Ireland um and then took up a role with uh, gay waterhouse. Um, so the position with Gay was really, I suppose, my uh, not my first introduction to, to racing as such, but it was really when I was um, f- fully in that uh, discipline, um, and I learned an incredible amount 
uh, from Gay and from from Gay's team. Really, really fortunate to work with uh, all of her team and, and again get my hands on some really nice horses. Um, yeah, and then here I am, uh, head trainer for Kennedy Racing. So it's um, it's an incredible it's an incredible role. It's an incredible opportunity. Um, uh, our owner James Kennedy is um, yeah is an extraordinary person to have as your owner and uh, to have as a sounding board. And he's been really supportive supportive of me as I sort of find my way in 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 this world with his horses. Monty Robertson, in many ways, is like a mystical type figure to to us watching from afar. What's it like being able to watch a guy like that up close? Yeah, look, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, you know, you probably you think you you know a bit with horses, and then you watch Monty, and you realise you don't you don't really have a clue. Um, <laughs> he, um, you know, at, at first glance, when he's working with a horse, it looks like he's doing nothing. Um, but but obviously there's a lot of intricacies in in what he's doing with his his body language and his movement. So I've been very fortunate to not only work with him but but watch him um, with with a lot of horses, and I've I've learned an incredible amount from him. So yeah. Well, th- thanks for your time this morning. Very interesting insight into your career, but uh, we look forward <laughs> to seeing seeing you and Aravine here for the Oaks. The one good thing is too, we're we're hoping this weather clears. It's been terrible the last few weeks but at least we know Aravine if it happens to be a heavy track or a, a you know soft six soft seven on Oaks Day she'll handle it well. Yeah so look that was really reassuring I mean we know from you know sort of having gallops on on heavy tracks at home that she coped with it well but it's 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 obviously very different when they're in race conditions so um it was re it was a real thrill to sort of see her relish the going and, and relish the race and I thought Sam gave her a wonderful ride and um, all the team are just delighted with how she's she's come through it and, and how she performed. And Sam stays on her for the Oaks? Unsure at this point what will happen there. Okay, we'll leave that with you. That's something you've got to ponder. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you so much. There she is, Caroline Jennings, the uh, trainer for the Kennedy Racing Operation. Successful. Oh, oh, no, of course. I just thought of something. Yes. That Brett Preble will be riding our ravine. Okay. Well, he's ridden her mm-hmm. uh, the last three starts, both times his preparation. That's the second mistake I've made today. That's, not, that's normally your yearly quota, isn't it? <laughs> um, Oaks Market, David Gypsy Goddess, $2.80. Aravine and Glint of Hope, both $8. Barb Raider, Honey Creeper on the next line, 11 Then you get to $15. Dynasties, Gin Martini. I would think, given the depth there, I think $2.80 is too short, and I would think, I think you could get better than that, given what's going to unfold. In the Roses, assuming we get to that race, and with the other new blood coming in. Talk about different heavy tracks. We saw Dynasties uh, plough through that uh, heavy... Was it... No, it was, a, was a heavy eight at the Gold Coast, but it was a gluey heavy. Beat Gypsy Goddess that day. Mm. Went to uh, Rose Hill yesterday on a heavy nine. I must uh, confess, Brad Davidson, he was happy to, to risk it, and uh, it did nothing. It beat 18 and a half length. So mm. one would think it's Oaks uh, uh, preparation or... or heading here would be under a cloud after that. Let's go to the feature race of the day, the listed Lord Mayor's Cup.
The frontman going on with the job wide out. Moved up to join Bethancourt and Mirren. Followed by Maroney. A couple off to Hofuller. Rock is coming down the outside. Elias is dropping right out of it. It's the frontman at the 200. Two lengths clear. Rock is coming home well. Hofuller is starting to get its second win. It's the frontman a length and a half clear. To Hofuller's knuckling down now. It's the frontman just in front. Hofuller lunging on the outside. And Hofuller got up to win the Lord Mayor's Cup. Won it narrowly from the front. Rock third, Papalino fourth. Then came Mirren from Taikamochi, Irish sequel. Uh, Bethancourt dropped out. So did Maroney, who started that early run. And Elias, well, you assume the conditions got him there. He's gone terribly in last spot. Another one for Annabelle Neesham. Rachel King riding, ran uh, well on the Hawkesbury Cup and went one better winning yesterday. Yeah, had won five of 13 uh, in Europe prior to coming here. So come with a good profile and ran right up to the... Uh the first up run. And I see part owned by on-track thoroughbreds, Grant Morgan. So congratulations to that team winning with Hopeful and uh, probably a fair chance we'll see him up here in the next week or two in some sort of race. There's plenty of stakes options up here now that can stay the 2,000 metres. So they, they, they thin out those staying races up here as the carnival goes on. I mentioned there were some rough results that uh, were thrown up at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. Well, the same applied to Flemington and here's one of them. We'll listen to the feature race there, the straight six. And this was a, a complete blowout for punters. Up near the front, serious suspect, wide led front page and Samson followed by Blaze Jowski onto the course proper at the 500 metres. Next is Curran and then came over on the far side ranting, it's our time behind a wall, Ocean Beyond can't get a run, Bam's on fire next and then High Stranger, it's on the lead coming through to challenge serious suspect, Crestani, front page is lifting in the middle followed by Curran at the 200 metres, serious suspect, Crestani and on the lead together and Ocean Beyond now, right down the outside, big finish coming up Crestani grabbed by Ocean Beyond Ocean Beyond will win it, Ocean Beyond from Crestani on the lead, photo fourth Bams on fire or serious suspect from High Stranger Fluorescent Star back behind them Charlize, it's our time, not sure how much room it had in the straight, then Curran and Ranting, Charlize, front page disappointing Blaise Jowski, Romancer, Milton Park and Sampson well, I mentioned rough result. Uh, the first six across the line, $26, $61, $61, $13, $41 and $61. So <laughs> good luck there. But Linda Meach riding Ocean Beyond successfully, only to be eclipsed in the, yeah, that's right. in, in, the in the rough race department or rough result department with Ladon de V. We've seen up here before too. $81 won the uh, the benchmark uh, 100. He beat... Tuvalu there, and he's becoming a bit of a good horse for bookmakers, Tuvalu. He's come to Saturday races a few times now and been rolled at short odds. I must mention again, which I did with Mark Hunter yesterday on, on Select Racing, this horse who is creating a very good impression. Mm-hmm. I know at a quiet time of year, Star Patrol. Um, I backed it when Max <laughs> Kalema beat it in a maiden at Doombin. It was a... It was a <laughs> i tell you what it was. It was a Sunday, that Sunday being oh, in yes. September last yes. year, the, yes. around the grand final time, and hit the line really hard. It was a good run, and we were all on next start in another Doombin maiden on a Wednesday when Pentito beat at home, and then it went to a maiden at Hawkesbury and finished down the track, and we thought we'd never, ever see it ever again. Lo and behold, wins at Pakenham first up, and then wins the other day at uh, at Flemington, running one eight eight four, and starts a dollar thirty five on a Saturday and wins again. I, it's a fun I game. It's a fun game, isn't it? Did I, you take the dollar forty that day with Pentito? 
$1.70. One of those ones, it's $1.70 <laughs> in the morning, thinking you're clever. $1.40 when they jump away. And that awful experience when it just couldn't win. So that was the the, uh, the main highlight at Flemington yesterday. Well, we finished a little bit early, but I think we've just about covered off everything. Um, so, the, so the bottom line is, we go back to where we started from, that we just hope we can get some improvement of the weather. It doesn't look um, that likely, but we need, as, as Ross Smith to... To quote Ross, we need some sun and we need some wind so we can get to, to Wednesday. Yeah, I'd imagine we'll see some comms early in the week to see what happens if, if we can't get to Wednesday. Uh, obviously, everyone's hoping that's the case, but um, start to get a bit of a backlog if we can't get that many. And we shouldn't forget the bigger picture, of course. Again, this rain event, not as uh, as big as, say, the one in, in, in late February, early March, but uh, uh, Gold Coast was, yeah. was cancelled on Friday. It was abandoned on Friday. Sunshine Coast... As I was saying last week on press room, the poly track is a is a saviour here in South East Queensland. They're racing there today on, on the poly track. Uh, we've got Doom and Wednesday. You've even got to say this stage Zips, which could be doubtful on Thursday. So, but we do know we'll be at Eagle Farm next Saturday. The picture cleans up a little bit towards later in the week. Unfortunately, Saturday that's what cost Eagle Farm there last week that rained through the day. But Saturday's looking much more promising. Um, at the long-range forecast. So we'll be right for Saturday. It's just been what we get in before then. Good on you, Nathan. Thank you. Cheers, David. Nathan X will be joining me this morning here on Past the Post. And thanks for your company as well. Enjoy your day. Join me for Press Room tomorrow morning when we'll discuss all of racing's issues. Have a good day. Bye-bye.